Welcome to uh, Grav's podcast, uh, where we share firsthand stories of real-world rescues. Um, today, our guest is Ben Holton, who uh, tills letter 14 for Atlanta Fire, and uh, had a triple grab on January 3rd. Ben, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your department and your experience? All right. Um, Atlanta, as you know, is a metropolitan city. Uh, We've got 36 stations, um, a mix of, you know, single companies and double companies. We've got one heavy rescue uh, that covers the, the city and then one separate battalion that covers the uh, Hart, or Interna- Hartsville International Airport. Uh, I got hired on in March 2012. I bounced around to a couple single houses. And in 2015, I was signed as a firefighter to Engine 14. Right after that, I promoted to Sergeant 2016 and went and drove engine 20 for about two and a half years. And then um, got transferred back to come, uh, station 14 after a couple of guys promoted to lieutenant. And when I got back, I was assigned to truck 14 as a tillman. Right um, and then uh, what, what's the first alarm? Um, so this was in a multifamily, correct? No, this is actually uh, a single family? single family dwelling. Yeah, All but right. it ended up being a uh, makeshift kind of boarding house. It was still, it really actually, honestly, looking back at it, it was a duplex more likely at one time. Okay. Uh, that they went back in and just kind of branched all the rooms off and, and made it into a boarding house. What's the, what's the first alarm assignment look like for that? <clears throat> so for a uh, low risk, which is a single family dwelling um, or, or duplex, stuff like that, we'll send three engines, three trucks, Squad four now is coming on everything. Um, they've kind of been back and forth, but uh, squad four and then two battalion chiefs. And then uh, like, what's the search culture within your department? Like who searches, when does it get assigned? Do you guys split like outside vent? What do you do? Uh, so the way our, our, our policy is, it kind of falls back and forth as a guideline um, as far as the first and second trucks. Uh, depending on the conditions of the first arriving unit, uh, the first truck typically gets primary search. Um, but there's that audible that the officer is allowed to go with. And if it needs topside vent or some type of ventilation or forcible entry, the first truck will pick that up. And then the second truck just defaults to the, the other option if it's primary search or topside vent. But traditionally, the first two trucks going to get primary search. They um, ride with three, uh, sometimes four. So that kind of frees us up, you know, uh, Officers kind of making the shots. And you got two guys working. Okay, and so okay, so m- most of your trucks are three three man trucks. Yes, sir. Okay, cool. So, all right, then. Uh, so, when you guys do perform searches, are you guys going outside <clears throat> vent, uh, sending two inside, and then what kind of searches do you guys? Do you guys do window searches? Do you guys split when you get inside, oriented search? What do you do? Uh, really, kind of depends on the company and the officer. Um, most of the time when we pick up, everyone's working the same. If the, if the, if the captain on the truck, you know, arrives after an engine, usually sometimes the, our, the captain on the truck will take command. Uh, and then your two guys on a truck, on a tiller truck, it's two sergeants on a straight truck. You will have a sergeant and a firefighter in the back. Um, but traditionally 
everyone's going to be rolling up, running up on scene at the same time. The captain's going to start dishing out, you know, the assignments, the next arriving units, uh, and then the two firefighters or two sergeants, whoever it is, uh, get to work on force military and searching. When it comes to search, though, uh, usually it's a, an oriented search with the officer. Okay. Um, we, we're nearly not going to split up too much unless uh, it comes out as entrapment. There's obvious rescues taking place uh, or those critical things that's got to get done real fast. But once you kind of break that threshold, uh, the officer is going to be with the two sergeants unless, you know, something, something crazy happens. And is that usually led by like a tick then? I mean, is that like kind of a tick-based search or how does that work? Um, really just situational dependent, you yeah. know, um, it, you know, as well as I do, everything's changing on the fire ground as fast as you can oh, think yeah. about it, uh, if not faster. So uh, our captain, he he's Johnny on the spot when it comes to training. He's very good doing a uh, oriented search or ticket tick assisted search. Uh, and that's usually his go-to he's right there with us. He'll, you know, go in and establish the room and then we'll, you know, kind of run in circles and bump around until he tells us to go the, in, to a different direction. But for the most part, he, he's keeping us oriented. Okay. Uh, all right, Ben, let's, uh, take us back to 1947 hours on January 3rd, 2022. Yeah, man, it was, uh, it was actually a, a pretty good little shift for us early, early in the day. Uh, we just picked up a new guy, maybe, a shift or two prior from uh, up in Buckhead. So we were kind of going over some training that we do. Uh, Station 14 is a GSAR house in addition, you know, just basic house. So uh, the disciplines that we focus on is our trench and building collapse. So we were brushing over stuff like that. We'd actually ran a fire earlier that day. Um, Ended up not being anything to it, but it, you know, kind of brushed the dust off for everybody. Um, But then when that call came out, we'd actually, we just sat down for dinner uh, or was, had finished up with dinner, still sitting at the table, you know, shooting, talk back and forth to each other, uh, and they ended up banging it out. Our engine at the time was actually – they had just left for an EMS call, but they are pretty much right around the corner. So when the, the call came out, it actually was in 17's immediate, which is one territory over off of uh, Bernice and <clears> – <throat> They arrived on scene, so they came from the opposite direction as we did. So when they came in, they approached from the Alpha Bravo side. We rolled in from the, the back side of the house. We caught the Charlie side as we were coming up and could tell that they had a, a pretty good little fire. Uh, there was nothing showing, uh, but from the rear, you could tell it was a one, one and a half story on a basement uh, and had smoke pretty much evenly pushing it out all around the soffit. So you couldn't really tell, actually, from our point of view, where the seat of the fire was um and 17 got on scene um she gave a size up that basically working fire they started stretching lines the hydrant luckily was uh, just across the street and the way it worked out you know uh, that was the engine 17 that was he was passed up fireman that was his first fire the tailboard firefighter that night uh he'd been on for six months he'd had multiple fires engine 17 is a very busy house um but He'd been on for six months, you know, and and as it was dispatched, it, it came out as an entrapment. Um, and, and, you know, as well as I do run these calls, you'll hear entrapment more often than not. You get on scene, it's not an entrapment. Um, but there was APD, so Atlanta Police Department, you know, we had one of their officers sitting out front and a bystander. And so as we were pulling up, I believe it, the engine 17 had the, the driver gain the information or the officer and pass it to the driver that there was a confirmed entrapment. Uh, so when we got on scene, again, I'm tillering, 
my senior driver, Brandon, he, he's driving the front. We, we pop the air brakes, my cap jumps out. He's, he's ready to go. He's got all, you know, everything on, SCB on his back, gloves on, and he takes off running to the front door. While, he, while he's doing that, I jump off. The engine 17 driver gives a face-to-face -to, -face to our driver and says that uh, they got reports of someone reaching out a window and burglar bars. And I, I didn't really hear that conversation, but uh, Earthy, as we roll up on 99% of the fires that we go on, my captain runs, comes off with a set of irons and a tick. Earthy comes off with a hook, a halligan, and a saw, and a vent saw. And I always come off with a hook. I have a pig. So that would match with the other front man on a set of irons between us and a 28. And <clears throat> I'm coming off, even, even in the trap, and I'm trying to grab a ladder just, just in case if it's, you know, a second floor elevated window, anything like that. I'm trying to, if need be, but that's not always the case. In my mindset pulling up when we come up from the Charlie side, uh, I was immediately thinking I need to get a ladder, at least throw it, throw it up somewhere real quick if, if they're hanging off the back, you know, whatever. But Earthy yells at me, burglar bars, burglar bars, grab their metal saw. And I was like, okay. So I grab my hook and pig. I got all my stuff on. I run past everything's on the driver's side that we are pulling quick, you know. So I grab the our vent saw and our metal cutting saw, circular saw. Come running up. I throw one saw to him. He's getting all his stuff on. And we run up. And so as I'm running up, I notice my cat, my captain's already up there within the 17 and it's pretty, it's a pretty tough door, a burglar door and the, it actually opened to the B side. So it was a narrow kind of set of stairs walking up onto the porch on the B side, the porch ran the width of the house, I guess. And then once you got in the porch, the doors were on the alpha or the front of the house, obviously. So, so it was a tight, back me uh, up, Ben here. What, what, uh, where, what are you seeing for conditions right at this point for on the outside smoke pushing anything with fire anywhere? What do you got? So, um, it's still that same, I guess, art from coming up on that Charlie side. So there's smoke running the side soffit pushing out pretty good. Um, and the fire broken out on the AB corner Bravo side. So they got, um, and I, I can see the video or whatever, but fire's blowing out on the Bravo side at the AB corner out like a twin window. And the the uh, the door they're working is maybe six eight feet towards the front of the house um, where they're actually working. So they, they weren't really close to the fire, but you can see. I mean, the fire. I can look at them and see them working the door, and the fire is blowing out behind them. Um, but at that point, it's a room, appeared to be a room of contents. Um, didn't seem anything, you know, too crazy. It looked like it was broken through the attic yet by any means. Uh, but it was still looked like it was contained. Uh, mostly to just the Alpha Bravo corner, but it uh, had moderate smoke coming from the roof line. But um, so as, as we come running up, you know, I'm hearing my captain just uh, here, wham, 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 just tearing on this door. And uh, he's working on it with a lieutenant that's on engine uh, 17. Positive water supply is already established. The, uh, the firefighters dropping the lines, getting it flaked out. And they're, as I'm coming up, they're saying, you know, there's someone hanging out a window, hanging out the window. I was like, all right. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, and I kind of yell at one person. I don't know if it's the APD officer or, or the officer on 17s. I'm like, where, where? And nobody's really saying anything pertinent at the moment. And then I don't know who it was. They're like on the other side of the house. So I was like, all right. So we try and figure out, you know, do we 
we all kind of sit there for a second. Who, who's going to stay with the captain and get the door open? And uh, he he was like, Holden, go to the other side, check it out. So me, I'm running with the metal circular saw, hooking a pig. So I run around the, uh, to the Delta side. And as I'm going down, there's not much smoke pushing out of the roof line on the Delta side, um, except for kind of one window. And as I, I, I don't ever use my flashlight, I was taught by an old officer, you know, two things, fair and flashlights don't work in the fire service. And uh, so yeah. I had my flashlight coming on looking and um, I hear I hear a lady screaming and I just for a glimpse, I saw a hand stick out a window. And I kind of, you know, goes fuzzy for a second, but I, I yell back. But, you know, again, you hear this wham, wham. You just there's guys working on that door. They didn't hear me yell. So. As I get up to the window and I see the, this is obviously the window everyone's been talking about. I jump on my radio and say, you know, truck 14, come to the Delta side. And at that point, my captain's in this predicament, you know, do I keep working the door so the engine can get the line stretched in and put the fire out or do I go over there? So he, he made an awesome call. Um, it'd been hard for me to sit there and say, I'm not going to go try and help this rescue. Uh, but he stayed working the door uh, 14 to 17 and he sent Brandon around there with, with me. But before Brandon got over there, I, uh, I go with what I know, fall back on my roots. And I, that pig is like my, my, my master key, you know, so I, I throw the saw down, the window is only broken out, you know, very enough for her to reach her hands out. She had pretty much just punched it out herself and it was interior burglar bars. Mm. So she was reaching through the burglar bars, had took the window out. There was blood all on the, uh, pretty amount of good bit of blood on the window and the burglar bars. And so I'm like, back up, back up, back up. I pull the pig out of my waist strap. And I start smashing on the window, knock it all out, start smashing on the bars. And honestly, man, it's a it's an eight pound uh, pig, and I, there's not really many doors, residential side or windows that I've ever had to worry about. And I started hitting on those bars, and I mean, I could feel it bounce all the way down to my toes. I was like, oh. God, don't mind, this is bad. Well, the saw's sitting right in front of me, and Earthy comes running up, and he sees it, and he's like, Keep hitting it, keep hitting it, keep hitting it. He runs up, picks the saw up. As soon as he fires that thing up, man, and, and the windowsill was probably, I'm I'm 5'11", and I was probably dead even with the windowsill. So, I mean, it was, it was a pretty high windowsill, and then you got the burglar bars with two horizontal bars to cut. And uh, he, he threw that saw up like it was, you know, two pounds, and just just boom, boom, cut, uh, cut the left side down, hit the right side, it fell off. I pried it off, and um, we're trying to coax this lady, you know, come out, come out. <clears throat> She's she's not really disoriented, but she was she was an elderly lady. So she was it was going to be hard for her, even if there was no smoke or any rush for her getting out that window to come out on her own. Uh, earthy outside thinking senior man, you know, we don't have a short ladder. He, he gets on the radio, calls for a short ladder, but sees a Herbie Kirby sitting right there. So he throws it down on the side. And he's like, get up on top of there. So I, I jump up on there. I end up brushing the rest of the glass out of the way. And uh, I'm like telling this lady, come here, come here, come here. Reluctantly, she, she finally gets close enough where I can kind of grab her and pull her head out. And I just told her, I was like, I'm falling backwards. So I had her over my shoulder and basically just kind of fell out of the window because she, I don't know if her body just mechanics wouldn't allow her at that age. Um, but she was eating some smoke, you know, she's coughing, gagging, all this stuff. And uh, we, we got her out. And uh, there was, there was a, going back to the dispatch, it was just report of entrapment. We didn't know one, two, three, 17, whatever it was, the numbers, we just knew that there was possible entrapment. 
So Earthy, she's kind of laying on the ground. Earthy's talking to her. And uh, I tell him, hey, I'm going to mask up and jump in. And you can hear my helmet cam. He's he's asking her. He's like, you know, hey, hey, is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? She's coughing and gagging. She finally says, yeah, there's someone else. And I can't remember if she says, like, my boo, my baby, or my brother, something. And uh, as I'm hopping in the windowsill, Earthy says that uh, there's someone else in there. So I'm on the Delta side, and it's like a duplex with that center wall, but it's a whole bunch of bedrooms basically running down the Bravo side and the the Delta side, which is basically it's a one main wall that divides unit you know A and unit B basically. Um, but so as as I jump in, it fires all to the Alpha side at this point, and I kind of I guess I have a natural drift going right. And so that put me going to the Charlie side. So I, I, I drop down and kind of start searching to the right. It's a small room. I could tell and then immediately there's a bed on my right. I crawl over the bed. And as soon as I get past the bed, I, there's a door, I open it. And it's like a kitchenette. That's basically the rear, the rear room on the Charlie side, shut the door back. And as soon as I shut the door, I hear a moan, great gag, cough, whatever it was. And I'm like, crap. Basically, when I hopped in that window, that window was it had a bed on either side. So the bed that she was in was on the right side, the, and the the bed this other guy, the the gentleman was on the left, and he had fell out of the bed was on the floor. So I, if I had jumped in the window and probably stuck my hand out right there to the left, I probably would have felt felt him. But you know, fifty fifty uh, for whatever reason, I went right, but I ended up coming back and. Uh, he he was right there. He was um, he was you know almost unconscious. He was not uh, comprehending anything at this point, but he was still breathing, coughing, gagging, just wouldn't was not coherent. Um, so I scoop him up, pull him up to the window. Earthy's Matt, or I keep calling him Earthy's is his firehouse name. It's Brandon, but um, he he's <laughs> he's uh, a. <laughs> He comes up to the window. I stick my head out and I was like, Hey, I got one more. I got one more. I'm going to pass him out to you. Um, so I, I pick him up, scoot him up enough to where he can, he's reaching in basically how I was on that first lady pass that guy out head first. And, um, Sully off of truck 10, he's captain comes running up. Uh, he'd heard the call for the short ladder on the Delta side. So he's running up just as like a manpower. His guys are coming up behind him with a short ladder and saws. And, um, Earthy and Sully pull that guy out as I pass his feet out. Um, so from there, uh, this whole house, you know, in majority of that time, you're still hearing them working that door up front. I mean, this, this happened in a matter of two or three minutes, getting both those, you know, the guy and the girl out. And so there's still a whole bunch to search. So I tell him, hey, I'm going to keep searching. And he's like, yeah, I'm coming in right behind you. He still finished masking up. The door leading to the alpha side that I'd come across was locked. And it was that old school crystal knob that just turns. It doesn't operate a lock at all. And there was almost like a deadbolt because it was somewhat like a boarding house above it. So there's there's decent little amount of heat in there, but visibility is pretty good. Um, I, you know, a foot or two out from my face piece, I might lose my hand, but you know, I can see while I'm working up close. My flashlight's still on from all the exterior operation stuff outside. I'm not paying any attention. But that's why I remember seeing that crystal doorknob. And uh, so I'm like, all right, man. All right. So I'm trying to shoulder check this door. I don't have any tools with me because everything I left outside. I hear Earthy trying to come through the door or the window, excuse me. And 
I don't know if he had asked and that somebody finally got some more information or Sully off truck 10 had talked to the, the lady, the original lady that came out first, but they both said, Hey, there's one more person towards the front. And I was like, all right, cool. So at that point I stand up and I just blind kick hoping I hit the door because I, I can't get it open by a shoulder checking it. Luckily I didn't, I, I didn't hit the frame. I hit the door and the door swung open and, um, I immediately drop back down. It's getting warmer as I'm going towards the alpha side. Nothing crazy. Um, we've got really good gear. We've got good stuff in Atlanta. So I wasn't worried at that point. I come across a, a bedroom suit or a bedroom, excuse me, a bed. I get up on top, searching all over the place, fall off the side, searching around everything. And I'm not really nervous at this point because I know Earthy. Um, I know he's coming behind me, but really uh, truck 10, man, I could hear their saws running at the window. I was at cutting those bars off. And so I was like, oh man, they're, they're on top of me. I, I got nothing to worry about. I'll, you know, all these guys are pissing to come pouring in this house. Um, so I still hear, um, some people behind me coming in the window. And I find what I think is a closet still going towards the alpha side. Um, and at this point I'm, I don't really lose my, I don't lose my bearings, but I don't know how deep I am in the house going back towards alpha side. I don't know how many rooms I'm going to, you know, is it three rooms and I'm back on the front or is it six rooms and I'm back on the front? Um, but I, I, I make it to another room doors partially open and I, I open it up all the way and it's, it's not hoarder or, you know, Collier's mansion kind of stuff, but I mean, there was, there's stuff everywhere. And I was like, all right, cool. And honestly, as you, you go back and look at stuff, how everything works out, I never use a flashlight, you know, fair and flashlights don't work. So uh, I never, I yell at people for having a flashlight on in the fire, at least initially, but I still had mine on and I wasn't paying any attention to it. And I, I go in and start searching this room and I'm not doing a left-hand pattern, right hand, nothing like that. I'm just, I'm just crawling all over everything. And with my flashlight on, if I hadn't had my flashlight on, I probably would have missed the lady um, initially, at least just due to all the stuff that was in this house and this particular room. But, um, I crawl, I crawl right over the top of her and my flashlight is boom, fade on her face. And, you know, she, she didn't, she didn't look a lot. She didn't, she looked like she was passed already at this point. And, um, I was like, all right, cool. All right. How are we going to figure this out? So I jump on the radio and it's like truck 14, got a third victim, me going back to, you know, firefighter one, I go in one door, I come out the same door, you know, kind of thing. Yep. And so I just said, Hey, I'm coming out same window. Cause I knew earthy was behind me at somewhere. And then Sully, I'm sure it come in, in my head. Well, as I'm, as I'm scooping her up, I ended up, I was actually on the, the alpha Delta room. So I'm in the front room and, um, the Lieutenant off engine one comes through a door that I had no idea of, you know, the visibility at this point was, you know, inches um and pretty pretty good heat but that door was closed for the initial part of the fire and uh, honestly that's probably what allowed the lady to to make it uh, and survive but it was it was a uh the door is probably only 20 inches wide maybe 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 24 it was on that center wall that they had basically i think originally like i said it was a duplex at one point and, and they came back and I think put these doors to transverse back and forth from, you know, one side to the other. So it wasn't wide at all, but he came through and I just started screaming at him like, Hey, I got, I got one right here, right here, right here. And, uh, it, it was, it was kind of funny. I wanted to go back the way I came in and, uh, he was like, he's like, dude, I'm right here at the door. This is, you know, I'm like, all right, cool. So we listen to him, you know, and we, we pick her up 
and uh, carry her back out. And man, it was, we were probably eight feet, maybe 10 feet from the, the door that the, the initial line came in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we drug her, you know, picked her up and dragged her, picked her up, carried her out, set her in the front yard. And uh, when we set her down, I was like, uh, you know, that doesn't, it doesn't look good. But we were still on primary and nobody gave it all clear. I wasn't really paying attention to what everybody else was doing. I just knew I needed to get back in and, and keep searching. And uh, so I ran back in, kept searching. Um, we got all clear. <clears throat> and maybe like 15 minutes later, I remember coming back outside, we, uh, met back up with my captain and Brandon. And Brandon was right behind me the whole time. Um, he, uh, he thought I was coming back to him when I got on the radio and said, coming out the window. So I think he kind of was like, all right, wait. And, and then he heard us on the radio come out the alpha side. <clears throat> well, we ended up walking, you know, 15 minutes past. We had first, we got that last victim out and uh, came out on the Charlie side, walked around back to the front. And uh, they had, <clears throat> she, she was on a nonner breather at that point. Um, so I was like, well, she's, she's breathing on her own. So that, that's, that's a lot better than, you know, I mean, they're over there pumping and blowing on her, but yeah. Um, and then, and from there, you know, we just went into engine 14, you know, they came out and did a secondary, got it all clear and, uh, and just went back to normal routine after that, as far as, you know, property conservation and get everything else tidied up. Sure. Well, you know, one of the things I love that listening to you is that, um, you have done just hitting that, hitting for the primary. Yeah, we got a victim, but we got a, We got a primary to hit. You know, you hit a second victim, you still got a primary. The third victim, you got a job to do, and um, that's something that's definitely lacked in a lot of firehouses across this country for some years. And I, you know, it's awesome to hear that. And there's gonna be thousands of people to hear that from you. And yeah. uh, it worked out very well for the civilians that day because of that culture. So yeah, that's it was awesome. The 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 people that showed up at that time, man, it was. Uh, you know, I wish I'd been in the fire service 20 years ago, you know, just as well as I do, you know, things change for the good and for the bad, um, or better or worse. But, uh, I go back, man, my captain making that call to stay on that front door to get the line stretched. Um, that I was like, man, that's crazy. I don't know. I honestly don't know if I could have had the discipline to say that knowing that my guys are on the other side and that, you know, there is a rescue to make. Um, but then, uh, Mike, big Mike O'Toole, uh, he, he was on truck 16 when I came on the job. And I mean, he's a, he's a, a man of men, you know, and he was on engine one. So when they, when they came in the fire, the fire was on the alpha Bravo side. And with that center wall running down the middle, it was like impossible for him to get over there to where we were other than catching, you know, that 20, 20, 24 inch wide door. That's just randomly placed. Yeah. Um, and my, so my captain and Mike ended up getting that, having to get that door forced and it, and it was expanded metal. It wasn't, you know, a cheap door by any, any design. I mean, it was a, it was a very, very hard door to get. And then they had the residential door uh, just behind it to get into the actual, you know, the house, but they tagged up together. They worked together on many fires in the past. And when they both got on that door, it was a matter of moments getting it open in a 17, man, they, they, they kicked butt on getting that line in place and knocked it out. And both O'Toole and my captain, as soon as they went in, went to searching. Um, and even though he's on the engine, yeah. you know, O'Toole off engine one, he just, he went back to what he knew being on truck 16, truck two forever. And uh, I'm glad that both of them were where they were. Cause it just, it, they ended up getting it in the right place. At the same time, we found that third victim and 
and uh, it just worked out. Awesome. So let's talk, let's go back to this flashlight. Right? Let's go back to the, <laughs> yeah. Back to the flashlight. Yeah. So I, I get the fair part, but so yeah. flashlight. I don't. I mean, I don't typically like them for special reasons. But um, tell tell the people what why you use or don't use a flashlight on the inside, particularly in um, the initial operations. Man, when I when I first when I first got to fourteens, I was actually I think still assigned to engine five, and I filled in a lot with the um, Captain Richardson on truck fourteen. He's that. He's that. He was a Marine, big into like Muay Thai. I mean, he's just a, a, a dude you wouldn't want to mess with, you know. And, and my first my first time I met him and filled in, you know, I asked him, I think I was getting passed up on the truck. I said, you want me to you want me to bring my gear? And he was like, well, hell yeah, I want you to bring your gear. You know, you, you're driving. If we catch a call, you're going to work. And I was like, fair enough. You know, I got it. And uh, I was just being real timid, I guess. I didn't know, you know, how these people work. And he was like, there's two things you need to know about me. There are two, two F words that I don't want to hear, fair and flashlight. And I was like, all right, cool. And that just stuck with me. Uh, he was a tried and true truck guy. Earthy was the um, was on the truck with him, and he's the same way. So, uh, I mean, I just, I, you know, I feel like there's a time and place when there's a certain fire that um, there's not a lot of smoke or, you know, visibility is kind of right there. And you can run that flashlight all you want to and, and see pretty good. But I feel like so many people – turn that flashlight on outside and forget about it. Kind of like what I did. And they come inside and not only me with, if, if it's pretty crappy visibility, that flashlight just makes it even worse. All I'm seeing is white. And, you know, I'm looking for the seat of the fire, looking for glows, embers, and oftentimes searching. I'd rather close my eyes and be blacked out and feeling with my hands than trying to look for certain things, I guess, you know, and, and I just, that's the way I was brought up. Um, yeah, and um, so I, I hate it. I hate it for the first, for the first little bit, you know, and once the fire gets knocked down and visibility and the smoke starts lifting, yeah, I cut them on and go to work, but I hate going into rooms and all I see is a, a glow over here and I look and it's somebody with a flashlight. I'm like, okay, well, that's not what I'm looking for. And it's yeah. just, uh, what I came on to. So that's just the, what I go with what I know. Yep. No, definitely. I just want to make sure people can hear that. I mean, be yeah. disciplined with the flashlight. <laughs> if yeah. you're looking for the fire, keep it off. That's if it. it's too smoky, keep it off. That's it. Um, so two, uh, so another thing I picked up, you know, you went in that window, you went right, whatever. I mean, right, left, that's a 50, 50 chance, but there's two beds in the room. Mm-hmm. One of the things we definitely, uh, I've, you know, we've seen on the fire ground and, or in training is that a lot that people have too much communication going on in the, in the, inside the houses. And one of the yeah. things I got brought, what went through my head here is, just thinking about people going calling out they got a bed. I'm like, why are you calling out that you got a bed? And then they're like, right. well, you know, you know, they're trying to orient with everybody else. And I'm like, dude, if you say you got a bed, what if there's two in that bedroom? Like, and it just like they might bypass the ch- search of that bed because right, I think right. it's already been taught. But right. you didn't do that. But I'm just just wanted to make that sure is the point. Uh, so the rescue, uh, the second one coming out the window, you went head first. Yes. Uh, belly down. I'm going to guess belly down. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is that a normal uh, training uh, rescue that you guys, like the way that you guys rescue uh, in Atlanta? Um, yeah, I guess it's crapshoot really. Okay. But I, I know honestly going back, it's just, just, again, going back to how things kind of work out. My captain got picked uh, from our division chief to do a topside vent and VES class for all the trunk companies. And so we went, he went down there, set up some props and all this good stuff. And, you know, from the first floor and the second floor off a ladder, 
he beat us in the ground over and over and over to, to, so he could get his routine down for teaching um, when everybody else started coming down and going through the training cycle. Uh, and, and that's just what we ended up falling, you know, finding out this is the easiest. Um, but that guy was um, oriented when I came in head first already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so just it was easiest path, I guess. Absolutely. No, I love it. I love it, dude. Like we see, um, especially with bigger people, people fuck around like feet first, all this back down. Um, but I love, I love the contour of belly down, head out. And that yep. way, you know, the firefighters on the outside can grab their hands. They can take a breath. You know, the person can start breathing the outside <laughs> air. So I do, I, I personally love that, that style. Uh, and then also you, uh, so you went in and, you know, we went in the flashlight thing and you saw the lady, but you're saying, you know, this wasn't hoarder conditions, but um, definitely hard to feel around with gloves on and whatnot and to feel her. And you, you might've missed her on the first pass without the light. Um, what, what kind of tip could you tell the people about like searching for people with, with, you know, low to zero viz with your gloves? Like what, I mean, sweeping, padding, what, I mean, what would you learn from that part? Um, Honestly, um, my, my biggest takeaway goes back. We had a, we had a fire a couple of years ago and, uh, the lady actually was in the fire room and for her sake, um, she ended up, she ended up passing and she made it for like, we talked about earlier, you know, she was, she was like a 24 hour, you know, survivor. Um, me and a guy off engine 20, um, both entered that room at the same time, light lights out, zero visibility, pretty good heat fire been knocked down. Um, me, I'm searching and I'm also rushing up, running up that wall, just, just trying to find a window or something, just, just as I chits and giggles in case something goes bad, you know, he's in there and he's, he's more like slow and methodical, but it's, it's hoarder like conditions in this room. And basically the lady had fell, um, face up, but into all kind of clothes and everything like that. I'm pretty sure I went across and, and touched her somewhere, missed her, you know, but brush across. Cause I mean, basically everything was level. But I was I was probably going a little too fast and just trying to get in get out because it came out as entrapment, and it's a fire room and so I'm not I'm like uh, you know everything is taught you know you search from the fire room back not necessarily the fire room mm -hmm. and uh, or at least initially, but um, so I went over he and he was slow methodical I took some windows out we got a good lift and I came back over to him and we start kind of slowing down a little bit and. And being slow and methodical, not just trying to, you know, that, that primary has got to be fast, quick, and in a hurry. Yeah, you, you know, you want us to clear the house, but being methodical and, and trying to make out what I'm actually touching and feeling as I'm going across it uh, would be my biggest takeaway because more likely I did probably miss that lady going across. And when I took that window, we got a good lift, and he's feeling it and uh, got helmet cams of that. He, You can actually see the lady right there, but, I mean, she's – flush as you can be to all the, the stuff that she had in that room with her, but just slow methodical and, and trying to interpret with what you're feeling and not actually saying like, you know, a body's going to feel exactly like this because it, it never is going to feel like that. It's never going to be like what you see in the movies. Obviously, you know, there's going to be stuff everywhere. It's not just this old lady laying in the middle of a room that there's no furniture, nothing like that. Yeah. What I do, uh, and talking about what you did here uh taking out windows while you're searching one of the, i love it so um 
again, you know, there's a lot of departments that don't allow it for multiple reasons or people are afraid to do it. Um, what are the things that allow you to do that? Uh, honestly, training. That, that okay. the, uh, there's, we don't have anything in place that says um, take window out, don't take the window out. It's just uh, we've had instances in the past. Uh, Atlanta's last line of duty death was Stephen Solomon, and um, it was a small house, and that's basically it was completely boarded up, and it was probably not a tactful way to pull all the boards off. They, the way they went about it, um, and, it and it just it just gave a you know rapid influx of oxygen and, and just it went to shit after that. Um, my captain's hardcore on you know ventilation, get on top of the roof, cut a hole, get down, um, take windows, but everything is methodically yeah. done, not just go start smashing everything out. And I knew on that particular instance, um, we were I knew what room was on fire, and once they knocked it down, we were crawling in there. Um, the guy that was on the hose line that night, you know, he was, he was jammed up. I didn't have a worry. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't going to leave us in there without, you know, flowing every bit of water they could. Okay. So All right, that's fire. what I want. So you knew the fire location and uh, the fire was getting under control. So good. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to give some tidbits for the people out there. Gotcha. So <clears throat> just trying to, I'm just trying to pick your brain and see where you're hey, going with this. Bring it on. Bring it yep. on. No, <laughs> I love it. What, uh, you got anything else for us to, sh uh, to share? close this out um no i mean i just i'm i'm just lucky i was you know people being in the right place at the right time i did what anyone else would have been doing um at the same same point uh i'm glad of just the experience that i've had along the way that kind of set me up for um making everything happen and working with some some outstanding men i mean i was, I was walking among giants that night and uh i'm just i'm happy i was there you know i'm glad everything the way it worked out if it had uh you know just a few things had happened differently the outcome could have been you know nowhere near the same yeah and they all three survived but, right yes yeah. yeah they um yeah they all got um i know the the third lady she was last we had checked um she was she was going to survive but she had they had said she had inhaled a lot and she she was unconscious they confirmed that you know and, um but yeah everyone's gonna make it nice well that was ben searching by windows uh, thanks, Ben, for coming on to the, to the show today, sharing your story. If you're on scene of a structure fire with a rescue or assist with a dead or alive civilian, help us capture our wins and specific details that improve our rescue and search across the nation. Fill out a survey at www.firefighterrescuesurvey.com. You can join the Facebook pages, all that stuff and stuff. Uh, if you'd like to share your story, you can get a hold of um, Grant Schwalbe out of uh, Port or Portland. Uh, out of Florida, and uh, he does residential primary search, making the grab, or you can get hold of Nick Dean or myself, 503 uh, 